In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Sight and blindness are woven throughout our first reading and our gospel this weekend. So to mix it up a bit, we'll start with our second reading, then loop back to the first reading and wrap it up with the gospel. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. As he does quite a bit throughout his letters, St. Paul contrasts a Christian's former way of life with the life she's now living. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Because of this, believers ought to live as children of light. He continues by telling the Ephesians to take no part in the fruitless works of darkness. But then he goes even a step further by telling them that they shouldn't just not do the works of darkness, but what's more, expose them. For St. Paul, simply staying away from evil is one thing, but the Christian is called to even expose that evil. The passage ends with what might at first glance appear to be an excerpt from Scripture. It's introduced by, there it says, but then the three-line excerpt that follows is actually nowhere to be found in the Bible. Some believe it might be loosely based on the first verse of the 60th chapter of Isaiah, but more commonly, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light, is believed to have been an early Christian hymn, one that could have been used for baptism or simply to describe conversion as a whole. We'll rewind the tape a bit now to go back to our first reading. We'll hear of when the Lord says to Samuel that he is sending him to Jesse of Bethlehem to anoint a king. From the first line of the story, though, some alarm bells should be going off because Israel already has a king at this point. It's King Saul. So for Samuel to set out to anoint another king would have constituted an act of treason. As I mentioned at the start of the show, sight is a theme throughout this passage. In fact, at the very beginning, when we're told that the Lord says he has chosen his king, the true word that's used is that the Lord has seen a king. From there, we're told that Samuel looked at Eliab, who is the oldest of Jesse's sons, and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is here before me. But God responds that he ought to not judge from appearance, for not as man sees does God see, because man sees the appearance, but the Lord looks into the heart. One of the main characters in our gospel this weekend has a problem with seeing. In fact, we're told that he was blind from birth. A common belief in Jesus' day was that suffering was directly connected to some sin. And it makes sense, right? If something's wrong, it's because either me or one of my ancestors along the line did something bad. If I experience a bad harvest, it's because I did something wicked to deserve it. And if I have a good harvest, it's because I must have been kind to others. So the question that's asked then is if either this man or his parents sinned. And based upon the story of Jacob and Esau from Genesis, a number of Jewish people at the time believed that someone could commit a sin while still even in the womb. But Jesus puts this entire debate to rest, saying that neither he nor his parents sinned. Then Jesus heals the blind man, and he does so by first spitting on the ground, then making clay with the saliva, and finally smearing it on the man's eyes. After he washes in the pool of Siloam, he's able to see. Yet here's the problem. A number of scholars point to the fact that some ancient Jewish traditions in what's called the Mishnah indicate that one type of work forbidden on the Sabbath was kneading, and what Jesus does with the clay and saliva here could have qualified as such. So the Pharisees are faced with a dilemma. By working this miracle, Jesus is clearly demonstrating that God is at work through him, but he's doing this work on a Sabbath, 
and doing so seems to breach the already defined rules about religion. Whether Jesus is ultimately a good guy or a bad guy causes a division among the Pharisees, and the word in Greek is schisma, from where we get the word schism. Ultimately, the whole story here is dripping with irony in that the blind man is commanded by the Pharisees to give God the praise, and they fail to see that's exactly what he ends up doing by witnessing and worshiping Jesus. To really drive the whole ironic point home, St. John near the end reports that Jesus says, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this fourth Sunday in Lent in year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.